You're listening to the Lompoc Foursquare Church Podcast. Did you lose your way in 2017? Was there anywhere in 2017 that you drifted a bit? Maybe from the commitments you made to God, maybe you made to family and friends. Did you drift a little bit from what you know was right to, to kind of gravitating towards compromise? What is wrong? Um, I was thinking about showing you a video this morning, but let me just explain what I would have shown you. It's called drifting. And uh, if you know anything about it, there's, there's kind of like this, these autocross guys, and they get out in these cars, and they tune them up, their suspension a certain way. And, and where you have your emergency brake, whether it's a lever in the middle or a pedal on the side, they, get, they create the emergency brake with a big, long bar. So right when they're gassing the car and turning the wheel hard left or hard right, they hit the e-brake, and the car just drifts into the corner. I mean, it's cool. I really like it. And so do all the tire companies, because the tires end up smoking and rubbers everywhere on the asphalt. I mean, it's really cool. Drifting. Or maybe you've seen a boat that was tied up and anchored in, maybe chained up, and something broke. Now the boat is drifting out to sea. We've seen it happen in, in Santa Barbara and Ventura Harbors where the storms come in and a boat that wasn't secured well starts drifting out to sea and sometimes even to its demise upon the rocks. Drifting. But we also do it spiritually. God, I'm on fire for you. Lord, you can count on me. 2017. Uh, drifting. We, we drift towards influences and influencers that aren't the best. Remember, I've always said this. I'm going to say it again. You show me your friends, I'll show you your future. So exactly where you're going. You show me the trajectory of your life, and I'll show you where you're going to end up. You you get on the 101 freeway, you go north, guess where you're going to end up? North. You go south, you're going to end up south. Uh, You go east, you're going to end up, well, it depends on which road you take, you're going to end up at Figueroa Mountain. You, You go west, you're going to end up in the Pacific Ocean, right? Whatever direction you're headed today is where you're going to end up a year from now. And before we actually turn the page and go, it's 2018, I want to share this verse with you from the prophet Isaiah. He says, we've all wandered away like sheep. We've all drifted. Each of us have gone their own way. But the Lord has put on the punishment of all of our evil upon the Savior, Jesus Christ. We've all wandered, but in different ways. Some of us have wandered in rebellion. Some of us just quiet rebellion. You know, how many marriages simply end because of quiet neglect? They, they don't fight necessarily. They're no one's unfaithful. But somewhere along the way, they just stop paying attention to each other, listening to each other's needs. They stopped dating. They stopped all the good habits. They lost that loving feeling. And they neglect the little things that make a relationship thrive. And before you know it, they're looking at each other going, who are you and why are you here? Yeah. It can be that way in friendships. It can be that way, of course, in our relationship with God. Drifting. Hebrews 2.1 says, we must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard and therefore do not drift away. If you ask a rancher, how a cow gets lost, he will tell you they started by eating a little tuft of grass here, then not knowing where they were, they went and ate another tuft of grass, then 
another tuft of grass, mmm, that's yummy, and then another tuft of grass, and pretty soon they found an opening in the fence, and while they're looking for another tuft of grass, ended out on a highway somewhere, lost, or in another rancher's acreage, lost. We must pay careful attention. Now you might say, well, gosh, Pastor, I came to church today to get all fired up and pumped up for the new year, and you want to talk about drifting. Well, if we don't take assessment and take time to reflect on this past year, we could really miss what God has for us in 2018. Um, Every day or so, I get this thing called the Minute with Maxwell. Some of you know John Maxwell, leadership guru, former pastor. And today's word with Maxwell was reflect. And he actually says that in his little video today. He said this earliest morning I saw it, we need to take time to reflect or we can repeat the mistakes of the past. Just take time to reflect. Take time to to remember and focus. So I want to give you six points to consider. We won't talk about all six here, but this this six points could help you as kind of a roadmap for 2018. So, So here we go. When we move on too quickly, we need to remember. We need to reflect. We need to stop long enough to remember what has happened and the consequences of our choices, both good and bad. When we get stuck in the past, we need to release. Some of you are carrying baggage from 2012. How's that working for you? Some of you still have feelings from 2010. Come on, how's that working for you? Some of you are still mad at your first grade teacher. You're not under her influence, but you're still mad at her. Uh She doesn't even know you're mad, but yet you're mad, right? Uh, when our love grows cold, we need to renew. We need to fire up. When we wander or drift from God, we need to return to God. And we have this, this God who's so gracious that if we drift away from him, like the cow following the tufts of grass, we can come back to him and he greets us with open arms. I mean, how many times have we broken God's heart? And yet he continues to love us with unconditional love. His love and mercy is new every morning. If you did that to another human being, just think about it. Would they still be with you? I think about my own life, and I'm not judging anyone here, my own life. How many times I've disappointed God, and yet he still loves me? And if I was God, I would have given up on Bernie a long time ago. But I'm so glad that he doesn't. And he doesn't give up on any of us. And when we become spiritually dead and dry, we need to be revived. That's CPR, you know? You know what CPR stands for? Christ performs resurrection, CPR, okay? Pretend it's good. I think it's good. And when we get too busy and hurried, we need to rest and recharge. That's one of the reasons we're having that that soul care retreat. It's a Friday night and a Saturday. For 10 bucks, you'll get a, a continental breakfast and a lunch and your materials. And if you don't like it, I'll give you your money back. Now, why? Because we want you to invest in something. I mean, Angie Ritchie is brilliant. She's a a licensed marriage family therapist. Um, She has her own counseling practice. She's also teaching people how to do counseling and and Christian care. And uh, one of our vice presidents of our college. So uh, it'll be a great time. And then she's going to speak that next uh, morning, Sunday morning, the 21st. And part of the reason she's speaking is because she's brilliant. The other part is uh, because I like getting emails from people who don't believe in women preachers. So, that's it. 
Now, the month of January is named for, anybody know? Is named for Janice. Now, not Janice Joplin or Janice, somebody that you know, but the name January comes from Janice, which is one of the few Roman gods without a Greek counterpart. Janice was depicted as having a double face. One of the faces looked back to the past for wisdom, and the other one looked to the future with anticipation of great things to come. So January, which is this brand new month of the brand new year, number one month, we look back with wisdom. How can we learn from what we did in 2017? And we embrace with a future hope, 2018, what the Lord would have for us. So the first thing I want to talk about is remembering and releasing, remembering and releasing. It's important to remember the personal past through which we have lived. I uh, had the privilege of meeting with uh, a young leader yesterday, and over uh, coffee, we began to talk about 2018 and goals. And I said, so what are your goals? And then the goals of the organization that you're a part of. So he's a part of a company. There's about 40 people that uh, are part of this, this company. And uh, I said, so what did you guys learn in 2017? And it was very brief. Then I said, what's your goals for 2018? Very long. And I said, let me just challenge you to sit down with the leaders, of which he is one, the leaders of this company, and sit down and talk about 2017. And he said, well, we, we tried that in 2017 to talk about 2016, and no one was interested. And I said, isn't it interesting? We're all creatures of movement. We, we rarely stop and pause and celebrate something that just happened really well. Now, you might uh, be here for the first time, or maybe you've been here for a few months or a few years, or maybe you've been here 20, 30 years. It is very rare that a Sunday will pass that I will not underscore something that we did as a church, whether it was gift wrapping or last Sunday or tell you about the, the 19 families and the 40 kids we helped. And sometimes people go, geez, he never stopped talking about all that stuff that the church does. I said, oh, no, no, no. We have to stop and celebrate because we are creatures of move to the next thing. Move to the next thing. And sometimes it's like the kids will get their report card, you'll look at it and go, oh, that's great, good, next thing. Not celebrate long enough the achievements of that young person. Or somebody will graduate a program, or they'll graduate college, or they'll graduate from a class, or they'll get a completion certificate. I mean, we really need to stop and, and celebrate long enough. So I was talking to this, this young leader, and, and I said, so now you got about 40 people in, in your company. Let's talk a little bit about your company. Um, Last year, the COO of that company retired. And two other of the official leaders of that company left in retirement. So three key people. Now, you tracking with me? If they got 40 people in their entire organization, three of them, the top leadership, left. Uh, three or four on the bottom, entry-level employees, these are the salespeople maybe, or the warehouse people, they left for other jobs and more money. So they brought in six new people. Three at the top are gone. Six new ones in the bottom. That's a Don't you think that's a major shift? Right? It's like a school getting a new principal. Nobody wants to have a meeting and talk about it. 
There's going to be a major shift, a new sheriff in town, new cop, new, new chief, new mayor. New, our city went through recent, a uh, couple years ago, whole change of council members. I mean, just change, radical shift. Now, I'm not talking good or bad. It just changes the dynamic of everything. So what if we pause long enough to say, oh, let's take a breather here. I'm thinking of a family in our church, um, great couple in our church, real involved in our church, and, and her brother just was driving home and had a brain aneurysm and passed away. Boom. Just like that driving his car. Boom. No written notice. 90 days from now, your brother. I mean, that's a major seismic emotional earthquake, don't you think, in that family? What Keith and Deb were talking about, seismic. In our first service, we had a gentleman who uh, is from Ventura. He lost his house. Everything burned to the ground. He was sitting right over here in church. You don't think he and his wife need to sit and maybe, um, honey, let's, let's, Let's write down some of the stuff, some of our feelings. So I know I'm taking a long time with this, but I want you to consider and remember Deuteronomy 15, 15 says, remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord, your God, redeemed you. See, remembering is essential to freedom from past mistakes. If we don't take long enough to stop and say, what did we do last year that worked well? What did I do last year that didn't work well? We could pretty much be like George Santayana who said, those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. If you can't remember, you're condemned to repeat it. Now, Ezekiel 36, 31, I just got to warn you, this is a tough verse. You need to have your helmet on for this one, see? Then you shall remember your evil ways and your dealings that were not good and you shall loathe yourselves for your iniquities and your abominable deeds. Isn't that tough? Well, let me give you a little lighter version of that in Revelation where John writes what Jesus says to the church at Ephesus. He says, remember then from what you have fallen, repent and, and do the works that you first did. You know, back in May of 2007, the Alabama State Legislature issued a formal apology for Alabama's role in the history of slavery and the countless later indignities visited upon black citizens under the color of law. Now, many of those who were apologizing did not do anything against people that were slaves or to promote slavery, but they felt the onus of saying, we want to asked for forgiveness. It was a dramatic moment for a state from whose capital a telegram initiated, initiated the Civil War was sent, and the state whose capital city was the site of the beginning of the Civil Rights Movement when Rosa Parks refused to give up her seat to a white man on a bus in Montgomery, Alabama. One state senator commented that sometimes one cannot move forward without first taking account of what we have done in the past. Whether it's us, whether it's someone else, whether it's a city or organization or a family, we take ownership and we stop. See, we need to remember before we release and move forward. Lots of people say, let's just, let's just move on. Let's just, let's just move on. No, let, let's, let's camp long enough. Let's camp long enough and talk about what happened. Let's camp long enough and have a conversation, even if it's just you and God. Lord, what did I do? Why did I do that? 
and rehearse together what happened. We remember, we repent, number two, and we repeat. I read that on shampoo. Rinse, wash, repeat. Okay? We remember, we remember, we repent, and we repeat. Remember what happened. Repent of where you went sideways, where you drifted. And then repeat what you used to do that you knew was right. You get back on track. Remember Revelation 2.5, again, then from what you have fallen, repent and do the works that you did at first. We have to remember God's love for us. Remember God's love for you. 1 John 4.19 says, we, we love because he first, does anybody know? He first loved us. So in Mark uh, 14, just quick side story, there's two ladies, there's Mary and there's Martha. And uh, does anybody remember what Mary did when Jesus came? She got down at the feet of Jesus and what did she do? Yeah, she poured out this incredible perfume, which was an entire year's wages. Just think of that. You, you've got your entire year's income in a bottle and you're going to pour it out on the feet of Jesus. That's extravagant love. And you have Martha, she's in the kitchen making uh, clam chowder and, uh, or gumbo, jambalaya, chili, whatever you like, right? And she's preoccupied with the doing. But Martha comes and loves the Lord. Do you know why? Because a few weeks prior, her brother Lazarus was dead. And Jesus came, and that's the verse Jesus wept. He weeps over the loss of his friend. And he says, I know what I'm going to do. And he raises Lazarus from the dead. Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus comes out of the tomb. And Mary was so overwhelmed by the love of Jesus for her and for her brother that she says, I'm going to worship him. And I don't care what anybody thinks about me. I, I remember when I first came to Christ. Some of you remember. When I first heard about God and his love, I mean, I was like, I was like a fanatic. I started going to a, a four-square church that was very Pentecostal. Sister Lucy was there. And she used to sh shake and roll and, you know, I mean, she'd just get into it, you know. But I loved her. And by the way, when she would hug you, she'd pray for you. Oh, Lord, and she'd shake you, you know. And I said, Lord, I, I, need, I need a little shaking up once in a while. Don't you? Come on. Yeah. I just like sister. She had blue hair, you know. And Sister Mildred, oh, Miss, Miss Sister Mildred, you know, she'd give the church a word from God. And, and it, it, their hearts were so on fire. And I, I, that was my first encounter with church. And, and I did anything God asked me to do. I used to say, Lord, whisper to me, I'll do it. And you know, I'm, I'm a ninth grader, junior high school, and I did whatever God wanted me to do, and I went to church all the time. Boy, I go to church, kind of like Sister Lucy, I'd raise my hands, worship God, and then I got to the place where I said, well, I'm worshiping you, Lord, but I don't really like that song. Then I became a critic. Come on. I, I became a critic. Oh, that song, oh, that singer, they're off key. Oh, critic. Oh, oh, Lord, hurt me. Hurt me, Lord. You know? You know, or I had to sit next to somebody I didn't really like. I said, Lord, why do you persecute me such? You know, <laughs> come on. But what, what did it look like? And, and some of you have yet to give your life to Christ, but many of you have. 
Even some of you watching online. And what, what did it look like when you first realized that you had a God who would forgive you all of your sins? That he would love you? Do you remember his love for you? Then you remember your love for God. We start remembering how the Lord has redeemed us and saved us. Then we figure out with theological training that someday we're going to go to heaven and God's going to give us his place in glory and there's no sin and disease and decay and death. There's no taxes. Hallelujah. Come on. I mean, everything is just all about the Lord and we start recognizing that and we want to give him our lives. Jeremiah 2.2 says, go and proclaim in the hearing of Jerusalem. I remember the devotion of your youth. How as a bride you love me and follow me through the desert, through the land not even sown. How you came to me, how you, you loved me. And God was saying, boy, you were, used to be crazy about me. But something happened. Repent. Repent means to change the direction that you're going and, and, and turn to God. And as a brand new Christian, remember the zeal that you had. And so that's the word repeat. Repeat. Do the things you did when you were on fire for God. And don't care what your friends, man, my friends will think I'm nuts. That's okay. Actually, your faith may change your friends. They actually may start serving the Lord as well. Next week, um, we're going to start a series called The God I Wish You Knew. And uh, we're going to talk about the God that most people don't know. I had a discussion a while back with a person that says that they're an atheist. They don't believe in God. And I asked them this question. Well, if you did believe in God, what's the kind of God you would believe in? And they said, not the God you believe in. And I said, well, tell me about my God. And they said, well, he's a God that, that does bad things to good people. He's the God that let Ventura catch on fire and he could have put that fire out. He could have blown down and blow. I said, no, you don't blow on a fire. <laughs> well, he could have caused the rain to come. And he's the God that gives people cancer. And he's the God that causes auto wrecks and trains to derail in Seattle. And they went on and on about the kind of God. And I said, well, the reason you don't believe in God is the God that you would believe in. You have a wrong definition of who he is and what he does. So we're going to talk about the God I wish you knew. And by the way, I, I don't ask you to do this much, but this might be a good series to invite some of your friends. Blame it on me to say, yeah, our pastor's going to talk about the God I wish you knew. And, and then you take them to lunch afterwards, free lunch, they might come. All right. If you feed them, they will come. So, okay. So remember those earlier days after you received the light, Hebrews 10, 35, that you stood your ground in great context in the face of suffering that you cared for God above all. And here's what I believe is God's call to us for 2018. Somebody has said, do you have a word from the Lord? I think this is it. Return to me. In any area of your life where you are drifting from him or you're away from him, just return to him. Some of you are going to say, well, my, my spiritual life, man, I'm on fire for God. I don't put anything else in front of God. There's, there's no other gods before him. this God. And, but is there any area in your life where you've drifted away just, just, just a little bit, then, re, then return back. Return back. In the Old Testament, God's chosen people wandered a lot. And the whole story, if you read the Old Testament, is one of God pursuing them. Would you come back to me? W would you be with me? Even the whole celebration of Passover, 
It's how God delivered them from Egypt. It's a celebration, but it's also a reminder. He says to the children of Israel, hey, listen, you don't want to go back to Egypt. You don't want to go back to where you came from. You don't want to go back to your old ways, your old friends. I mean, you don't want to go back there. You want to move forward with me. You want to create a new life with my spirit. And so in a nutshell, the Old Testament is all about the Lord loves us. He wants to be our God and wants us to be his people. Isaiah 44, 22 says, I've swept away your offenses like a cloud, your sins like a morning mist. Return to me, for I have redeemed you. Now, listen, I could ramble on, but I want you to hear what God has to say to you from his word. So let me read to you. These are his words now. Jeremiah 3, 22, the prophet speaks for God and says, return, faithless people, I will cure you of backsliding. Lamentations 3.40, let us examine our ways and test them, and let us return to the Lord. Hosea 6.1, come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces, but he will heal us. He's injured us, but he will bind up our wounds. Hosea 14.1 and 2, return to the Lord your God. Your sins have been your downfall. Take words with you and return to the Lord. Say to him, Forgive all our what? Our sins and receive us graciously that we may offer the fruit of our lips. The fruit of our lips is our praise to him. Lord, forgive us. Let us know that we're forgiven. Receive us graciously. We will praise you. Joel 2 says, even now declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. You know this when people would repent. Or they would mourn, they would rip their clothes. It's a sign to God. And God says, well, anybody can rip their shirt or their blouse. I would rather have you rip your heart open so I could come in and fill your heart with myself. So don't just do your, your garments, do your heart. And return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, and he's what? Abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. Zechariah 1.3, therefore tell the people, I'm going to tell you, This is what the Lord Almighty says. Return to me, declares the Lord Almighty, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. Malachi 3.7. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you've turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. A friend of mine who pastors a church up north sent me this verse. And I said, oh, that's, that's Malachi. I know all about him. And he says, yeah. He said, this is, this is my verse for America. And I said, okay. So I read it. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you've turned away from my decrees and not kept them. And he said, this is what America needs to do. I said, oh, okay. I got it. He said, oh, no, this is my verse. I'm praying this. I thought, I should pray this too. Lord, may America return to you, and then you'll return to us, says the Lord Almighty. Return to me, and I'll return to you. A lot of people are under the misnomer that, oh, America, we all follow God here. That's what we do. We do his work. We do his will. We do his way. But many of you know 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and what? And seek my face and do what? Oh, and turn from their wicked ways, I'll hear their land. Wouldn't it be great to say, God, America's going to follow after you. But what do we have to do? We have to return to him. He'll return to us. We have to turn from our wicked ways. That's repenting and allow God to, to, to 
to come and be our God. Now, some of you are going to say, well, wait, 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 wait a minute. Is that going to happen, Pastor? I don't know. But how about we, we all raise our hands and say, but it's going to happen for me. Come on. Yeah, it's going to happen for me. I'm going to return to God wherever I've drifted from God. I'm going to get close to the Lord. I'm going to make sure that the Lord God is not pushed back or pushed away from my life. And I don't want that for our church. I want to seek after God and diligently seek him. Romans 5.5 says, And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. Acts 15.32, And the disciples were filled with joy and with the... Oh, so what's the cry for 2018? God's cry is return to me. Your cry needs to be, fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your spirit. John... 663, Jesus said these words. Let's read them together. The spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of spirit and life. Not just spirit like, you know, enthusiasm, but Holy Spirit. So we listen to the words of Jesus and we follow after him. When I think of 2018... I think of you and me investing ourselves into our spiritual health. Whether it's um, life transformation groups, many of you used to be a part of one. If you're an old timer, it's time to start one again. You go with two other people and, and, and you take a little accountability card. Um, we have a bunch of them printed for you in our guest services room. You grab one, get two friends, and all of a sudden, guess what? You got an LTG, life transformation group. It's that easy. It's organic. You start them. We have Bible studies coming up. We have some small groups around the horizon. Um, we have our soul. Did I tell you we're having a soul care retreat here for only 10 bucks? Yeah, I told you that, didn't I? Yeah. We have a prayer night this Thursday night. If you want to come and pray with us, if you can't stay for the whole hour, you can come and pop in anytime and be prayed for. We have some more things for you coming down the pike. Um, Financial Peace University is going to start again for financial help. We've got Daniel Plan. Again, starting up for physical health. Lots of great things happening, but you have to avail yourself of them. You have to say, this is a year where I commit myself to return to God, to be on fire for God, to be revived by God. Some time ago, I, I read to you a, a little excerpt from Max Lucado where he talks about choosing each day. And I thought it would be a great way to end our time today he writes these words, it's quiet, it's early, my coffee's still hot, the sky is still black, the world is still asleep, but here comes the day, in a few moments the day will arrive, it'll roar, roar down the track with the rising of the sun, the stillness of the dawn will be exchanged for the noise of the day, the calm of solitude will be replaced by the pounding pace of the human race. The refuge of this early morning will be invaded by decisions to be made and deadlines to be met. For the next 12 hours or so, I'll be exposed to all the day's demands. It is now that I must make a choice. Because of Jesus, because of Calvary, the cross, the resurrection, I'm free to choose, and so I choose. I choose love. No occasion justifies hatred. No injustice warrants bitterness. I choose love. Today, I will love God 
and I will love what God loves. I choose joy. I will invite my God to be my God of all my circumstances. I refuse a temptation to be cynical, the tool of the lazy thinker. I will refuse to see people as anything less than human beings created by God. I will refuse to see any problem as anything less than an opportunity to see God himself. I choose peace. I will live forgiven. I will forgive so that I may live. I choose patience. I will overlook the inconveniences of the world. Instead of cursing the one who takes my place, I'll invite them to do so. And rather than complaining that the wait is too long, I will thank God for the moment he allowed me to pray. Instead of clenching my fist at new assignments, I will face them with joy and courage. I choose kindness. I will be kind to the poor, for they are alone. I'll be kind to the rich, for they are afraid. And kind to the unkind, for such is how God has treated me. I choose goodness. I will go without a dollar before I take a dishonest one. I will be overlooked before I will boast. I will confess before I accuse. I will choose goodness. I choose faithfulness. Today I will keep my promises. My debtors will not regret their trust. My associates will not question my word. My wife will not question my love. And my children will never fear that their father will not come home. I choose gentleness. For nothing is won by force. I choose to be gentle. If I raise my voice, may it be only in praise. If I clench my fist, may it only be in prayer. If I make a demand, may it only be to myself. I choose self-control. I am a spiritual being. And after this body is dead, my spirit will soar. I refuse to let what will rot rule the eternal in me. I choose self-control. I'll be drunk only by joy. I will be impassioned only by my faith. I will be influenced only by my God. I will be taught only by my Christ. I choose self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. To these I commit my day. And I would add, to these we commit our year. If I succeed, I will give thanks. If I fail, I will seek his grace. And then when the day is done, or when the year is done, we will place our head upon the pillow. We will say, thank you, God, and we will rest. I pray that you will follow after God with all your heart in 2018. That wherever you've drifted, you'll return to him. Wherever you have sinned and erred, you'll repent, and you'll repeat the things you did when you first came to know him and be on fire for the Lord as you're filled with his spirit. And so, Lord, we pray. As two... 2018. It seems like a strange number. 2018. Brand new year. A brand new opportunity. We choose to be yours. Not just consumed with activity, but being active in you and with you. Not just busy, but about your business. And not just sitting back, but engaged in our personal growth and our spiritual health. It's a new year, Lord. You can wipe the slate clean and we can start afresh. A brand new beginning. We want to make it a year in which we glorify you. A year in which we lead many to know who you are. Those that are far away from you, God, that we lead them one step closer to you. It's a brand new year, God. We rejoice in you. And may it be a brand new us as we stay close with you, on fire with you, 
and be your servants. Whisper to us, Lord, and we will obey. Help us to follow hard after you, and we will give you glory, and we will give you honor. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said amen. 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 Hey, God bless you. Our prayer team is available both on...
Thank you for listening to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. To find out more about Lompoc Foursquare Church or to watch us live online, please visit mylfc.com.